Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What's going on, CEOs? De Niro B here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, we're here with Mike Vardy. Mike is known as the Productivitist. He's a leading expert in personal productivity and time management. His insights are featured in top media outlets and popular online platforms like Skillshare and LinkedIn Learning. He's also an international speaker and a podcast host. I'm very excited for this chat, so let's get right into it. Mike, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for being on the show. I ask every single one of my guests to tell me more about their story. What made you become an entrepreneur, Mike? I kind of fell into it accidentally. Um, it was one of those things. I was working for uh, uh, Costco for a good number of years. And after leaving, um, I started to dive down deeper into the well of productivity and time management. That was kind of um, something I, I I was working on while I was working at Costco because I needed to manage two completely separate areas. And I had to get really good at, you know, again, producing, but also managing my time accordingly. And uh, once I left and started to, you know, work other jobs, I worked for the Victoria Film Festival as an operations person for a while. I even worked at, as a, a sales associate at an Apple reseller. I started to put all those tools together. And one of the things I found that was pretty common was that people struggled with this. They struggled with, you know, managing their time and they struggled with, you know, how to stay productive, how to be productive. And I just really started to dive into more of the, the, comedy side of things, because that's where my roots are. My roots are performance and things like that, even before I worked at Costco. So I started to parody some of the productivity stuff that was already out there, because there was a lot of stuff out there that was kind of, it seemed to me, seemed to me to be kind of anti-productive. It was you, you were doing productive instead of being productive. Mm -hmm. And from, from there, by doing that through, again, podcasting, I had a podcasting uh, called eventualism that, that was uh, kind of, you know, I would interview guests like Seth Godin and, and wow. others, David Allen, um, that basically uh, kind of poked fun at me being, you know, trying to promote people how to be more productive, but by creating this thing called eventualism, which was getting things done eventually. <laughs> and it was played out really well because I kind of was like the old Colbert report where I was like this buffoon and the guest was kind of like the uh, the straight man, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Seth did a really great job with it. So did David. And I started writing about it and stuff. And when I when when I finished interviewing David Allen, his team came back to me and said, you really know your stuff, because in order to make fun of something and satirize it, you need to know it. And so they asked me to start writing for their blog, the GTD blog, the Getting Things Done blog. Right. And I did. But I they said, don't just be yourself, like, you know, be entertaining, but don't satirize. Mm -hmm. And that started it. And then all of a sudden, um, I remember going to a conference in Las Vegas, and I had just really kind of was struggling with 
making ends meet with that as a business, but also, you know, kind of working another job. And I had some colleagues say, why don't you just start like doing the coaching and consulting along that line? You've, you, you know, this stuff. And from there, it just kind of snowballed. And eventually I became, you know, the, this, this productivityist business that I have, you know, I, I developed my own method called time crafting this approach, this philosophy that I teach. And now we're, you know, gosh, 15 years in now. Um, and wow. uh, like, part-time and full-time. And I, you know, I have a, a membership community. I've written a couple of books. I've got, you know, I'm going on as of this conversation right now, we're almost approaching 500 episodes of my, my, my latest podcast, a productive conversation. And yeah, it's just been, it wasn't something that, that, you know, I had planned necessarily, but it's kind of worked out that way. And a, a friend of mine asked me yesterday to describe myself as a, uh, in one sentence. And I said, I'm, I'm a creative that is still working on becoming an entrepreneur <laughs> because I didn't go to business school or anything like that. I've kind of just been learning as I go. Well, that's a fantastic story. And I think that um, every time that I interview an entrepreneur, they either knew from day one exactly what they wanted to do. They were like selling lemonade uh, at like three years old or something, or there's a lot of people, including myself uh, that just, you know, had a job, did that, didn't necessarily like that type of lifestyle, then bumped into something different that caught their attention and then worked their way into becoming an entrepreneur. And this is very interesting. I think that productivity is at the heart of every entrepreneur, obviously, but I've worked remotely from home for about five years, going for six right now. And I find that it's a struggle, uh, especially uh, especially when you don't, again, don't have really like a specific set time to be in the office and like, and you're not going to be held accountable by a manager or something like this. And so today I kind of want to talk about this with you um, and your experience, but also your clients and, uh, and, and what you write in your blog and what you talk about on your podcast. So if you were to analyze uh, obviously the cons only at this point of working remotely, working from home, uh, and you probably have an experience, uh, you have a very extensive experience talking to people and, and, and writing about it. What would they be maybe one or like two or three different things? Uh, what's, you know, the dark side of working from home and then possibly you can give us a couple of, of, of things to, to do. So we, so to speak, we can avoid falling in those, uh, you know, um, holes, so to speak. Well, first off, I think it, it's interesting. A lot of people when the pandemic hit said, oh, you should be fine because you've been working from home for a long time. So this won't really affect you. But it's not, I mean, there's a difference between voluntarily doing this stuff and then having no choice, right? So I think, and that's what a lot of people were thrust into, this idea of you have no choice. This is the way things are right now. And and frankly, I think that, I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, we'll go back to the office, we'll go back to this. I don't think there's going back. There's no putting the, the genies out of the bottle, right? So mm -hmm. I think some of the dark side stuff you've, you've alluded to already, like one thing is is environment, right? Like where where do you do the work? Like if you are working remotely, um, there is a certain flow that I think is helpful that can get you into the state of working rather than the state of just being in your house, right? Um, I'll, I'll give you an example um, of, of some of the things that I've done over the years to kind of make sure that, that, that I don't get sidetracked along the way. So number one is making sure you have a separate area where you can do the work, right? Whether that is 
you know, a co-working space that you go to, um, mm-hmm. which is now, you know, they are, they're more popular now and they've definitely, you know, they took hold a bit more during, um, even prior to COVID-19, but uh, mm-hmm. there are plenty of places to do that. But if you could find a place in your home where it is the place that you do the work, that is super helpful. Whether you build a, you know, one of those uh, tiny homes in your backyard or a, or a she shed or whatever, you know, you could do that if you have the land to do it and the money to do it. Um, or, you know, for me, we have a, in this, in, in our basement downstairs, we had uh, what used to be like, you know, a, basically a den and it became my study. And it's the only thing that happens in here is work. Right. So, uh, that is that is one that's the dark side, but also the solution to it if if you can make that work. I think the other thing is, and you mentioned, you know, not having necessarily the accountability uh, from others because you're not in the environment. Um, mm-hmm. There's both a blessing and a curse to that, right? The the curse is is that you are left to your own devices in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, the blessing is that you are left to your own devices in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. because having an overbearing person over top of you or being constantly interrupted can be a problem too. But now there's new ways to do that, right? You could have people that are, you know, you, if you're, you, there are some businesses that say, okay, we need you on Slack during, you know, work hours. Uh, I think that the, the, the benefits of remote work as a night owl, I'll speak from that perspective is that we are, we can shift from a, you're putting the time in to you're putting the effort in. Right. So I think that if, and this is not something that's going to happen overnight, and this is for leaders to listen to, especially not just people who are, are working in this situation, but um, there are, there's something inherently wrong in the nine to five mentality that, cause it doesn't serve everybody. Well, it doesn't serve the early risers very well in a degree that they, by the time the day comes to a close, they're kind of on the, on the downturn. However, when early risers show up at like 6, 7 a.m. and they hit the ground running, they get the praise and, and like, look, they're go-getters, they're putting in the extra mile, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas night owls, it, they, they need to be there at 9, but they're not at their best until like, say, 11, 12. That's when they start to hit their stride. But they're the ones that can work until 6 or 7 and really, you know, that's where their f- best efforts happen in the later part of the day. However... They don't show that they're not necessarily as as um, there's a stigma around that, right? There's not not necessarily a hey, you're 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 staying late, but you're not showing up on time. Like there's more early risers tend to get more praise than than night owls. But in a remote work environment, time is very much fluid in a lot of ways because I mean, right now you're you're in another part of the world. I'm in another part of the world. Uh, we we get back to the results. Like this is what we want you to get done. We don't care. When you do it, we don't care necessarily. There might be a how you do it that we care about because there's, you know, processes and stuff within the business. But I think that that's, that's a slippery slope is how do we, um, how do we manage uh, the, the, our relationship with time and our relationship with work so that it serves people who have different body clocks, who have different um, family situations, right? You know, and, and I think that the, the darker side of this is, uh, you know, we, we've not been used to it. We're not used to remote work being something that is as valuable as being in the office at the same time. I mean, if you're a business owner, think about it. I mean, you could run your business without having a physical space. There's many of them that are doing this now. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a joke, uh, um, a joke post showing Zoom's head offices 
And somebody posted, why does Zoom have an office, right? Because everything is remote, right? But the, the point is, is that there is a way to hybrid work. And I think that's the way forward, honestly, is, you know, and, and I've been to a couple of conferences where they talk about, hey, you spend, you know, the bulk of your time working from home, but then once every couple of weeks, you go to a, an office environment where the office is or, or, or what have you, or we have a retreat that we go on once every six months or something like that. So I think the, the discipline factor is huge on both sides of the equation, not just the person that's working, making sure they're setting up boundaries, physical, mental, things of that nature, but also for the leadership side to go, okay, how do we work? There shouldn't be like a, you know, a, a head of remote. It should be just, you know, I think human resources and all that files into that, but there needs to be an understanding of, okay, well, we have this remote working environment. Let's look and see how each of these people that are in this environment, um, how we can make them work the best possibly so that we can get the results that we want as a business in the best possible way. And those that are embracing this hybrid approach are going to win the day as opposed to those that are going, not, I'm not saying that those are going all remote are necessarily in the right either, but definitely those that are saying, we have to get everybody back in the office right now. Uh, that That's old school thinking that I think will, and that we're seeing, will there'll be pushback against it. And I think it's going to eventually become less of the norm than this hybrid approach to work. So I think it's important to, you know, start to shift away from, hey, I've been here for eight hours, therefore I get my paycheck, as opposed to, hey, I've delivered results on these five initiatives that we set out to do. And that's where the value is, not in the time spent, but in the effort expended and the results achieved. 100%. And so there's a couple of takeaways here. One thing is, again, like you said, uh, the productivity over just time spent somewhere, even at home, actually, like if I say that, you know, I've been in front of my computer for the whole day, but really, I was just watching YouTube or, <laughs> or doing yep. something else, it doesn't really make sense as a metric. Number one, number two, you said something very cool that a lot of people are still saying, you know, like, uh, some people are night owls, some people and chronotypes, right? This is a thing. It's an actual thing. People work better at, at, at different times of the day and night. And what I found um, over the years is I worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and a lot of coaches uh, that are based obviously in North America, but I have been living in Europe for a bit. And uh, everybody talks about having, you know, certain meetings in the afternoon or like do other stuff, like calls in the morning. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> like I wake mm -hmm. up, yeah, I got my work done, but nobody wakes up. Like if I'm in Rome, Italy, like I'm six hours ahead of Eastern time and nine hours ahead of you, they are Pacific time right now. So obviously mm -hmm. if I deal with people all over the world, I have to kind of, change my schedule around these these different things and based on 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 the you know uh average kind of uh you know thoughts out there about productivity that they say like everything needs to be done in the morning until then i wouldn't have a business you know what i mean yeah. but realistically when then like you realize okay i am in europe for example i know that i can do all my phone calls and all my podcasts recordings in the afternoon that means that i have the mornings to myself and then sometimes I work after my daughter goes to bed at 9 30, 10 o'clock, and I just work until midnight. And what? Mm -hmm. I wake up at 7 a.m. and not five. So what? <laughs> I mean, it well, does happen. And, you know, it doesn't make me less productive. Actually, overall, I do believe that once you find a schedule that works for you in the long run, the the routine of showing up every day and the consistency of showing up every day and feeling good about your work 
gives you that extra confidence uh, and, and it shows really, right? Instead of trying to fit into a box. Well, and I think I think you mentioned one thing there, the consistency that showing up, but you have to, to your point, you have to be able to do it sustainably too. You have to be able to sustain it. And yeah. businesses thrive on stability, right? And if consistency can take you pretty far, but if you've overestimated or haven't properly calculated the things that will maybe throw the consistency for a loop, you need to figure out that sustainability. So for your, in your example, like I, I tend to do the same thing. I have a early part of my day where I do very, very low energy kind of work. And then later in the day after, I mean, I do all my writing after everybody's in bed. Why? Because that's when I know I'm not going to get interrupted. I'm still, you know, you know, my energy levels are still strong and that's the way that's the workflow I've got it, by the way, that will change over time too. Like we have to be accepting of, you know, our body clocks change, work environments change, locations change. Maybe we get somebody new that's in charge of us that they have a different, you know, set way that they want to operate. So you have to be nimble, but the key I think to being consistent is you have to be able to be consistent in a way that's sustainable because that way, you know, it, you, that way you don't, drop the ball. That way things don't fall through the cracks. That way you don't burn out or, or, uh, or, you know, feel dissatisfied or unfulfilled. And you're also giving the results that you can give. Uh, and that all comes down to like the idea of setting boundaries, either, either very, very clear boundaries or things like, I mean, when I booked my call with you, you have a Calendly, right. Or, or savvy Cal or whatever we use. I mean, when you send me that link or when you send someone that link and Cal Newport talks about this in his book, Dig digital minimalism, mm -hmm. like sending a link to someone isn't, we have to remove the ego from the equation. It's not like, Hey, I'm so important that I have a scheduling link and you need to book around me. It's more, that's, you're actually doing them a favor. You're saying, Hey, look, here's all the time I have available for you. Yeah. Uh, pick a, pick a slot. I didn't, when I looked at that link, I didn't go, Oh my goodness, look at what time they're not giving me. No one yeah. does that. No one looks at the link and goes, oh my goodness, they're not giving me any time. They All they're seeing is the time that's being given, whether it's five slots or 12 slots. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, you're generally being generous with your time as far on, on the other side of the equation. But for you, you've protected the time that you need to protect. And that's where the technology and the tools come in. And so there's, there's boundaries that you can set to have sustained consistency that already exist, you know, that are very, you know, again, calendar scheduling, digital calendars. I mean, even zoom to a degree allows us to do stuff like that. Any kind of asynchronous tool allows us to have that ability to set boundaries as long as we take the time and effort to set them up in a considered deliberate way up front. And then there's other more, you know, kind of direct boundaries, which are like, Hey, for between 5 PM and 10 PM, I'm not, you know, if you text me, I'm not answering. Mm -hmm. And I don't care because I've got my family here. And to me, when I've, and I've worked with, even as a, as a contractor, when I've worked with organizations and they've tried to reach me outside of hours uh, and they don't hear from me and they start going, Hey, why didn't you get back to me right away? I'm like, because it's that, that I'm not going to do that. You, the, this is the parameters that I'm working within and that's it. And if it, the, the response that you get, or even the reaction that you get, which is a bit different um, can dictate, A, should I be working with this person either as a client or as a colleague? And secondly, okay, well, there's a lot of subtext in that. There's a lot of like, you know, if you send an email at 9 p.m. at night mm -hmm. and someone, you're you're saying I'm there at 9 p.m. Like, so yeah. you use a tool that 
allows you to send later, right? Like I do that all the time. If yeah. I'm replying to an email at eight at night, I'm not going to send it until the next morning, right? Yeah. Because if I send it at eight, I'm telling whoever receives that email, I'm here right now. You can contact me, which is not what I'm actually saying, but that's the message that they could be receiving, right? Yes. So it's important to be, and again, I'm a big believer that productivity isn't about speed, efficiency, effectiveness. Those are byproducts. Productivity is about the active link between your intention, what you need or want or have to do, if that's, and then your attention. How am I going to make sure I do that stuff? Or how am I going to make sure I operate that way? So when intention and attention are linked, and it's often through just the act of deciding, right? Kind of yeah. the linking model, then you can do things like, okay, I know that I don't want to be, I know that every Wednesday is the day that I focus on podcasting. So I have daily themes and Wednesday is my podcast day. All right. So that means that I want to make sure that I block out my podcast interview link for every day except Wednesday. Oh, but I also write later in the day. So that can't be open. Oh, and my kids get home at three. So, so all of a sudden you're now doing some real interesting productivity math for lack or time math or whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, okay, well, I'm only going to give this available time for people who are going to be interviewing me what, mm -hmm. or, or, or rather I'm interviewing them. Mm -hmm. What that does is it creates boundaries, but it also creates a really interesting neural pathway for you to know that like when I wake up every Wednesday, I know that I'm going to likely have a podcast interview. If I don't, that's wow. That's, amazing and unreal and highly unusual. Mm -hmm. But I also know when I wake up Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm not doing any podcast interviews. Yeah. Right. So knowing that having that certainty is, is key. So to circle back to that consistency, every Wednesday, this happens, that's consistent. I couldn't do podcast interviews five days a week. I wouldn't be able to get my other work done. I wouldn't be able to, I also couldn't give up my entire Wednesday to doing interviews because I also have to produce the podcast and get all that stuff ready. So I've, managed to create that very particular area of my work, the podcast, in a consistent and sustainable way, which means that all my podcasts as of right now are done until the end of September as we're recording this. So I don't have to do anything other than market them. They're already ready. Show notes are done. Everything's ready to go. And by having that, I can stay two, three weeks ahead. And you can do that for multiple things. You may not be able to do that for everything, but if you can build a framework a structure that allows you to work remotely or even not remotely because this works outside of remote yeah. in a way that allows you to do it consistently and sustainably that's where you'll get faster better you'll be able to give more attention to the things that may not necessarily have the same kind of structured schedule and that's really what we want to do but that takes effort time and you have to actually be able to block out some of those disruptions that come your way uh, that can pull you away from actually setting that kind of mechanism up. That's 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 fantastic. There's again a couple of things here that I uh, I want to highlight. The first one is the fact that you were talking about themes for the week. I can't stress how important this has been for my life as well. I remember when I first started my business, there was this thing that I had constantly had to like look at a million things like my my marketing team like uh, and then like uh, writing blogs and then uh, getting on podcasts 
Now, there is one thing to be said, uh, personally at least, when it comes that when I'm developing a new skill, and I wanted to bring this up because this is actually the complete opposite of that. Um, I was learning how to type fast because I was writing my first book and I needed absolutely to learn how to type. I was like, okay, I was typing just with my index fingers for, for like years and I was like, this is not going to get done. And so what I did is I, I, I took some time in my calendar, like 15 minutes every single day, seven days a week to just do pra to practice this skill. And right. so that, that was the one thing that I was like, okay, I need to do this every day because so in the next 60 days, I'm, I'm committing to having this. It's almost like a challenge. But when it comes to systems, like you said, podcasting, for example, um, uh, recording videos and batching content for the week, I would, I would like absolutely hate that if I had to like pull up my phone every single day and like come up with an idea every single day. Whereas what we do, my wife is also a content creator. <clears throat> And we set out a one day a week where we go out, we film, I help her, she helps me and the content goes out. We have assistants uh, that, that, you know, like do the, 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 uh, the propagating of the content online. But other than that, so I know exactly what I'm going to be doing every single day. Um, how do you feel about doing, again, for, for what concerns practicing, especially uh, to do small batches of work every single day to to kind of uh, have that uh, that mentality of no matter what, today it's a new day, I'm going to have to try this or going to have to do this. Yeah. I do that also with fitness, for example. Every day I have to do something like that, right? But um, how do you feel about that? So I actually, when you mentioned that, I, I, uh, I, I kind of smile because um, for writing, it's I call that a horizontal theme. So if you're doing it every day at the same time, and that's the thing is often so that people talk about time blocking, right? You know, we've heard about the idea of blocking at very particular pieces of time. I think yeah. it's important to uh, leave, leave yourself some white space, of course, because your schedule, you know, you need those moments to think, those moments to breathe. But also if, you're, if your calendar is so chock full, if something comes up and derails you, that can really throw your momentum off. But mm -hmm. in terms of things like practice, like for me, I'm a writer, right? So I set aside two to three hours every single day, later in the day, five to six days a week now to write. That's it. So at that point in time, I shift gears from whatever that daily theme is. So again, let's use Wednesday as an example. Once that time where I start writing is supposed to hit, it overrides the daily theme. So I'm like, oh, forget it. Podcasting is done for, the, for now, maybe for the day, depending on what time of day that horizontal theme shows up. Now it's time for me to go into writing. And then once that horizontal theme ends, so for your case, once you're done practicing uh, your typing, 15 minutes a day, 24, whatever it needs to be, it could be 15, 25, 30, it doesn't matter. Fitness could be an hour a day, five days a week, whatever you need it to be. It's those things that you wanna get better at, like you said, that, that either you wanna get better at fairly quickly or consistently and in a sustainable way, but mm -hmm. also for things that you know that are part of your business that need attention more often than say one or two days per week, right? So writing for me, if I was just to do that one day a week, yeah. I would not become a really good writer, right? I would need to work on that every, as many days as I feel to become that writer. Same thing with filming. Video is great. Like to have a whole day to do video would be fine, but with all of the, but here's the thing for me, I need to start working on that. And I've noticed that sometimes I've had a daily theme, like, which is video. But I've noticed that there's other things that come up during the day that have derailed me. So I'm like, you know what I need? Instead of doing it one day a week, I need to have it like for an hour, five days a week. 
So that means I'm going out for an hour okay. and just filming. Right. And then maybe, uh, you know, on the Friday is when I do editing, right? Like, so yeah. Friday becomes editing day. And by the way, the nice thing about themes is that editing isn't just necessarily video. Editing could be writing editing. So if I call the theme editing, I'm like, I'm in editing mode. That means I'm going to edit video. Maybe I'm going to edit audio. Maybe I'm going to edit writing. Like, so the great thing about craft, this is what I call time crafting. When you're crafting your time, you're able to say, okay, well, what works best for me considering all the other things that I've got going around in my life. And you're not going to get to do everything that you want to do. I, I remember um, I've had several friends say this to me. They've said, you know, um, oh man, it must be so nice to be an entrepreneur because you get to do whatever you want, right? Like you get to set your own, like I've had friends that have said, hey, let's go oh, out right, tonight. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Like all of you work for like you have government jobs or whatever. You're going to get a paycheck every two weeks, <laughs> I'm not, unless I do the work, I'm not going to. So no, I'm sorry, I can't go out for drinks tonight because tonight I'm writing or I, or whatever, right? So you have to, there's a discipline not in just doing the work, but setting up your workflow, right? So the workflow for the week. I have monthly themes. I know that this month, my overarching focus is to focus on my membership community, right? Because I want to build more stuff for them. So when I wake up on a Wednesday, it's like, oh, it's audio day. Well, I have podcasting to do, but also what audio can I do for my membership community? Yes. So I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to point my attention because that's the thing we have control over. It's hard. It, we do have time. will move on whether we want it to or not. That's why I don't like the term time management. We have to work on our relationship with time. We have to manage our relationship with time. Yeah. So in doing that, that's attention. Attention is the thing that we can now. I mean, there's lots of things vying for our attention, but there are ways that we can mitigate that, you know? So if I can create these kind of waypoints, these, these things that direct my attention, then I'm going to get, I'm going to be way more productive which means a balance of quality and quantity, not just quantity, but quality, um, I'm going to get much better results. And remote work actually allows for this more because you have less people in your faces because there's going to be some people in the office environment yeah. that, that are going to be like that guy in office space that walks up and goes, so where are those reports, right? Or that person that comes up, speaks over your cubicle because they're just there to earn a paycheck. They're not there to do anything more than that, yeah. right? Absolutely. So. This, this, this idea of crafting your time to cultivate this productiveness that we want to have, it, it, number one, it takes time. Number two, it's not static. It will be dynamic. There will be elements in, I mean, we were talking before we hit record how my daughter is now 18 and is off in Europe for the next four months. That changes the dynamic of our household, right? She used to help cook dinners. Now we have one less person to help. So I've got to try to get my son to help a bit more. Like those things, life is there's always this fluid flow of life that's happening. So if you can create a simple, flexible, durable, and sustainable way to, you know, work with the time that you have and have a good relationship with time, then you're going to get more of the right things done. And it's just a matter of stepping back, pausing and looking at it piece by piece. Don't try to do it all at once, because if you try to do it all at once, then you will be overwhelmed. It's about figuring out that one, like you said, I want to get better at typing. Okay, let's start there. Or I want to make sure I spend, you know, time with my family in a careful, considered way. Saturday is family day. That's it. There's no, no one talks to me. I don't do anything on Saturday except family stuff. And I can tell you that's worked for me because my kids will, growing up were like, hey, dad, can we go see a movie? 
on Saturday. Hey, Dad, can we go do this on Saturday? And occasionally I was able to surprise them and do it like in the afternoon of another day. But you, you're able to kind of direct your attention. And then guess what happens on Saturday? Everything associated with my family happens on a Saturday. So yeah. now I don't, you know, feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm neglecting my family. I'm not doing stuff. No, no, no. That's, that's something I value. So I think that, that no matter whether you're remote, whether you're a CEO, whether you're, you know, middle management, these are all things we can do it. And I, I would posit that it's probably easier for you to do it in a careful and considered way when you're in a remote work environment, because you're in it more, you know what I mean? You're in, you're in all of it yeah. at once. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, this was an amazing conversation. I'm sure that uh, uh, my, my listeners want to know more. But before we get to where they can find you online, I want to ask you, is there anything exciting coming down the pike that you want to, show, uh, want to share with our audience about your business or about yourself? Well, I've finished a Kickstarter campaign earlier this year for my book, The Productivity Diet. It will be coming out in late 2023 or early 2024, probably early 2024, but pre-order should start later in 2023. And it's basically the idea of, you know, how to get more of the right things done. It's about doing, frankly, about doing less stuff better, but it's about, you know, balancing that quality and quantity uh, in your life so that you can feel like at the end of the day that, Hey, you know what? I had a productive day and I, I was able to, uh, uh, it's a balanced life. That's what this whole book is all about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to releasing it. And that's the big thing. If you go to productivityist.com slash diet, you can learn more about the book there. Awesome, Mike. And again, where can people find you online? Because I know for a fact, they want to know more about you and your productivity philosophy. Well, you can, um, I'm productivityist. So the word productivity, then with IST at the end of it.com. Um, I have my podcast, A Productive Conversation, which you can find on any podcast app that you're listening to this podcast on, like Spotify or what have you. And I also have a community uh, that you can find. It's uh, called Time Crafting Trust. But everything, if you go to productivityist.com, you can find everything that, that's going on there. And I'm, I'm at Mike Vardy on most social platforms. That is fantastic. Mike, again, thank you very much for being at the Remote CEO Show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much. See you later. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.